Welcome to the show about your kid's secret life, an inside peek at what today's kids are really doing online and with technology. Each week, you'll hear the latest trends and get tips to keep them safe while keeping your sanity. So here are your hosts, cybersecurity experts, best-selling authors, and parents of four teens, Lisa and Chris Good. Hey everyone, welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm Lisa Good. And I'm Chris Good. And today, we're talking about the top five viral social media challenges that kids are doing today. Now, in case you don't know what a social media challenge is, it's basically an old school dare on steroids. It'd be like when we were kids and someone at school said, hey, I dare you to eat that entire hot pepper. Or someone said, I double dog dare you to eat that Twinkie with Coke on it. Ugh. Well, except today, these are usually started by someone on social media. Now, this could be one of your kid's friends, it could be an influencer that your kids follow, or just some random person on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, or YouTube that has posted a video and is challenging others to do the same stunt. Now, there have been a few social media challenges that have had a positive impact. Yeah, very few. So one of these challenges that you may have known if you were online at all was the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, and that was in the summer of 2014. So basically, that's where a bunch of celebrities put freezing cold water with ice in a bucket and dumped it over their head to raise money for the ALS organization. So not only did this challenge bring awareness to this devastating disease, but it also raised over $115 million for research. But unfortunately, most of the time, challenges like this are bad. Like the Tide Pod Challenge that started back in 2017, where kids put Tide Pods in their mouth and video themselves. Now, since the outside coating of the pod is meant to dissolve... They release their contents into a kid's mouth very quickly and cause chemical burns and kidney and lung problems. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, are you kidding me? Come on now, seriously? What kid in their right mind would do that? I know, it sounds crazy, but here's one what one 19-year-old told me. He said, and I quote, I knew better than to eat that Tide Pod, but my friends dared me. I did it on a dare. So... Right now, I just want to remind everyone listening that we were all kids once, too. So before we all jump to judgment, I'm sure we can all recall something completely stupid and outrageous we did when we were kids. So I'm not condoning this at all, but I am saying we need to remember that we did some crazy things and we didn't have social media or the pressure of worldwide influencers that our kids have today. And that's why it's that much more important to stay in the know about what your kid's world is, which is a 24-7 digital world. You've got to have lots of conversations, and I do mean a lot. This is not a one-and-done topic, folks. So we're going to go over the top five current dangerous social media challenges for you. So number one is the choking, feigning, pass-out challenge also known as the Space Monkey Game. Now, this is to get a high or faint. Kids either choke other kids, press hard on their chests, 
or hyperventilate. So basically, the high comes as a result of the oxygen rushing back to the brain after the breathing is cut off by the practice of strangulation. That does not sound like fun to me. I don't know about anybody else. But kids are doing this, and obviously it's very risky, and it has resulted in several kids dying. Now, pass out or fainting games have been around for generations, but the era of social media and YouTube videos has led to an increase in peer pressure, and it makes them seem like a normal way to pursue a high without having to have drugs or alcohol. All right, so here's the second challenge. It's called the outlet challenge. Now, this is primarily on TikTok for now, but I promise it'll be on all the other social media platforms. It's just a matter of time. Now, this challenge involves using the plug part of a phone charger, like their Apple or Android charger, inserting it partway into the wall outlet, and then sliding a penny down the wall onto the exposed prongs. So this challenge can not only cause a fire, but electrocute the person doing the challenge. Now, this reminds me of when I was a kid and I was the kid that put the penny in the wall socket and it shot me halfway across the room, except this one is just a tad bit more dangerous. Yeah, there was one family that lost their pet and their home when their daughter did this challenge late at night after everyone had already gone to bed. And according to that fire department, they're all lucky to even be alive. All right, here's challenge number three. This one's called the fire challenge. This one involves pouring a flammable liquid on their skin or on a friend and then setting themselves on fire. Yes, I, you heard me right. I said fire. So kids are using accelerants that they have easy access to and that you have laying around the house. It's nail polish remover, rubbing alcohol, hand sanitizer, anything that is flammable kids are using for this challenge. And the crazy thing is they have a friend filming them doing this or they film themselves so they can post this on social media to have their video go viral or get a lot of likes. And part of the main objective of this challenge is to set yourself on fire and try to extinguish the flames as quickly as possible before you get seriously burned. But the problem is the real danger is they're putting these flammables on their chest and their clothing and then their clothing absorbs the liquid and there's no way they can take it off fast enough and they just become a big ball of fire. Goodness, greatness, great balls of fire. No, I'm sorry, not that kind of fire. Now, challenge number four is called the salt and ice challenge. This particular challenge, while it doesn't involve fire, can still burn the skin. Now, what they do is they put salt on exposed skin and then add ice, holding both in place, and then they see how long they can tolerate the pain. The challenge has left kids with second and even third degree burns, and some have even needed skin grafts to repair the damage. Okay, so number five is called the Skull Breaker Challenge. So this one is the newest dangerous challenge that's out, and it started in South America. But I'm sure it will be in the U.S. and in a school near you very, very soon. The videos on this are already viral. So I've watched several of these videos, and here's how this challenge works. Basically, you have three kids standing side by side. 
The kid in the middle jumps up and the other two kick out his legs, which send him flying backwards, landing either flat on his back or on his head. And that's why they call it the skull breaker. Now, so far, there have been several injuries reported from broken wrists and back injuries to one student in Spain who's in intensive care with brain injuries. Now, here's the one thing with these challenges. Unlike the good challenges that come out and then go away, the bad challenges come out and then die, but they're only resurrected again by a new group of kids. So just because a challenge is old doesn't mean that kids have stopped doing it. So the interesting thing with social media is that a new challenge is always on the horizon, just like the new Skullbreaker challenge. And while all of these videos should be banned by the social media companies or at the minimum have mandatory warning labels, they don't. You see, these companies aren't looking out for your kids, nor do they care about your kids. The main objective is to keep your kids and you, to be honest, as glued to their app as much as they can so they can extract and sell your data to advertisers and make money. That is their end game, and that is really the only reason they exist. So what can we do? Well, here are three tips. So number one is talk about it a lot. Now, we can't always be with our kids and prevent them from doing stupid or dangerous things, but if we've talked to them continuously about their digital world, our words really can stay with them. Now, you may not have heard, you'll shoot your eye out lately, but I bet you still remember it. And I know myself, I remember my dad's voice clear as day saying, if everyone's going to drive off the cliff, are you going to drive off the cliff too? So... Tip number two is get them to think and acknowledge peer pressure. Have your kid think through these challenges and whether they're safe or have potential risks. Now you could say, hey, I want you to walk me through each step of this challenge and tell me where you think things could go wrong. And today's kids kind of think of internet personalities as their peers. So seeing kids on YouTube doing a challenge could easily influence your kid. And you may also want to say, so tell me why you want to do this. What benefit is this going to be for you? And is this a video that you really want out in the world forever? And then the last tip is stay up to date. Ask your kids about what's going on with their friends. See, sometimes kids are more willing to talk about what's going on with their friends and other kids instead of what's going on with themselves. So it's best as a parent to possibly start out asking questions about friends and school. And then once you've got the conversation open and going, you can ask questions like, would you consider doing that if someone asked you? Would you film a friend doing that? Would you post that for a friend? Well, that's it. Stay tuned for our next topic. Wouldn't it be great to stay up to date without being overwhelmed? It's possible and easy. Just sign up for our free cyber alert emails. We take the guesswork out of knowing what's going on with kids and technology. We provide the essentials that parents, grandparents, and adults working with children should know in today's digital world. Just visit yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio and sign up today. Hey everyone, welcome back. 
to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm Lisa Good. And I'm Chris Good. With today kicking off the Random Acts of Kindness Week, I think it'd be good to cover something you may not have heard about, but your kids most likely have. It's called being canceled. Really? That's a thing? You can cancel somebody? Who knew you could cancel a person? Wow. Well, before we jump into this cultural phenomenon, first, let's talk about what the Random Acts of Kindness Week actually is. So it's a week where everyone, not just kids, everyone is encouraged to be a little nicer and do things for others just because, with no expectation of payback. So here are a few suggestions that you can pass along for your kids. Number one, have them thank a teacher. Number two, compliment someone that they don't know at school. Number three, carry someone's groceries to their car for them. Number four, send a friend a positive text just out of the blue. Number five, spend time with someone new today on the playground. Number six, sit with someone new today at lunch. And number seven, Bake some cookies and deliver them to the local fire or police station. Hey, I have it on good word that the police like cookies just as much as donuts. I bet so. Now let's all remember that when it comes to kids, more is caught than taught. So this week, let's all model the kindness that we want our kids to give. Okay, so now let's talk about that canceled trend that kids are using today. You may have heard your kids or their friends say, oh, she's canceled. Oh, he's not going to the movies with us. He is so canceled. Now, for those of us who grew up in the 80s, this would sort of be equivalent to putting your hand up in front of someone and saying, talk to the hand. It was a sarcastic way of saying to someone, I don't want to hear what you're saying or ignoring someone. But I say sort of because canceling is actually much worse. Now, over the past year, this phenomenon, or cancel culture, has been covered in the news, especially in regards to celebrities and politicians. And there's an ongoing debate about whether this is improving our society or actually making it worse. The answer largely depends on who you ask. Some people, particularly those who consider themselves targets or victims of cancellation campaigns, argue that it's a dangerous trend in American culture and one that is actively stifling art, media, science, education, and free thought. Others argue that cancel culture is just another term for accountability. It's about calling someone out for being racist, mean, or hurtful and to keep them from dodging responsibility for their words or actions. So I looked up the definition of cancel. Webster says it's to destroy the force, effectiveness, or validity of. So after reading that definition, it makes sense when I hear people online say they're canceling a famous person. They basically want to take away their power or their cultural capital, which is their influence. Yeah, the goal is to diminish their significance, whether it's a personal boycott or a public shaming. It's to push it to the point where that person's life and reputation are actually harmed. So with celebrities and politicians, mistake from decades ago, whether it's jokes, memes, quotes, something they tweeted, are dredged up and thrown back in their faces. They lose support, they lose projects, work that can be thrown out of office, 
as well as receive death threats. It's a very serious thing. And there are entire groups, like Sleeping Giants, that exist to leverage social media into social pressure around a specific political agenda just to get people canceled. Well, here are a few that I can remember off the top of my head. Kevin Hart and Taylor Swift. So I know we've been talking about celebrities, but what happens when kids cancel another kid? Is that a thing? Well, it, it really is. So here's how Jamie, an 18-year-old, described it. She was 15 and had just returned to a school she used to attend. This is what she said. All the friends I previously had through middle school completely cut me off. They ignored me, blocked me on everything. They wouldn't even look at me in the hallways for months. Toward the end of my sophomore year, I couldn't take it anymore, and I reached out over Instagram to a former friend and asked why people wouldn't talk to me. I will never forget this day. It was lunchtime. The girl I messaged was sitting at a table with a bunch of my old friends. And the next thing I knew, I had all these messages on Insta. Now that's Instagram, folks. Of why they had canceled me. One friend said I was a mooch. Another said I was annoying and petty. And then another friend said... I was an emotional leech who was thirsty for validation. All these messages kept coming in. It was like an avalanche that wouldn't stop. Jamie explained that because of being canceled, the social isolation of no one speaking to her and those messages, well, it drove her to depression. She said, and I quote, My parents didn't know that all my friends had shut me out. I deleted all my social media because I couldn't take not having my friends include me anymore. They didn't realize how bad it was until my counselor called my mom about it after I had a meltdown at school and told the counselor about what was going on. So by senior year, things got better, but I have issues. I still have issues with trusting perfectly normal things. Sometimes my mind says, are you sure you're not being a monster or a terrible person or a burden to everyone? I can't escape it. How sad is that for an 18-year-old? Now, that experience left a lasting impact on Jamie, one that she may carry around for the rest of her life. Pretty sad. Now, here's one of the problems with kids using this cancel culture on other kids. Now, most of the kids are just being kids who, you know, sometimes say stupid things and sometimes have disagreements with their friends. And then the next thing you know, they're canceled. Now, all their friends must pick a side. Most kids join in on the ostracization, not because they really believe the canceled individual is bad, but just because they're following the crowd. They feel they have to. They have to pick a side or they'll just be canceled themselves. It's, it's kind of like the mean girls or, you know, being in the cool kids group. That's kind of what it's like for our kids today. But for the young kids, like middle-aged school kids, the cancel culture looks like it's just another form of bullying. You see, the bullies use, they did something wrong or offensive to justify and say, oh, we're not bullying them, we're just canceling them. And because the cancel culture is done quietly and normally without any physical or verbal threats, it goes unnoticed by the school, by the teachers, and most importantly, by us, the parents. So what can you do? 
Well, here are three tips for you. Number one, this week would be a great time to talk about the cancel call out culture. You could even start off the conversation with, you know, this week is the random acts of kindness week. And I've heard about this thing that kids do to each other called canceling or canceled. Have you heard of that? Have your friends done that to anyone you know? And what would make you want to cancel a friend? Yeah, just encourage your kids to be kind to others and try to mend a friendship that may be strained or broken already. And tip number two is check your kids' social media accounts and not just the ones that you know about. There are probably others, unfortunately. So you want to look through their social media accounts and see if there are any danger signs that something may be wrong, either being bullied or being a bully. You really don't want your kids being either one of those. And you should also check their phone for any screenshots of Snap chat conversations that may have been deleted. Now, you know, that's what kids do today. Even though they love those disappearing snaps, and that's why they're on Snapchat, but they will take a photo or a screenshot of messages that they want to keep and keep them on their phones. So if you see anything, be sure to talk to your kids about it. And if it's about another kid, depending on the severity, it may be time to involve their parents. And number three, Pay attention. If you notice your kid isn't hanging out with their normal group of friends or something just seems off, don't just chalk it up to it's just a phase and they'll grow out of it. Ask some questions about their friends. Now, you may have to be patient and dig a little, but trust me, it's much better to be safe than sorry in this area. So as parents, you know, we need to remember that our kids today live in a digital world that's always on and They carry it around everywhere they go in their pocket. And research has found that adult and teen brains work differently. Adults think with the prefrontal cortex. You know, that's your brain's rational part. This is the part of the brain that responds to situations with good judgment and an awareness of long-term consequences. Teens process information with the amygdala. This is the emotional part. And kids use their amygdala because their prefrontal cortex is not developed yet. Neuroscientists believe it develops fully sometime between the ages of 18 and 25. Wow, that explains so much. So that's why most kids lead with their emotions, what they're feeling, instead of logical, rational decisions. And it's our job as parents, teachers, and adults to help bridge that gap. And in today's digital world, it's even more important that we do. So have a great week. And remember, you can do this. Thanks for listening to Your Kid's Secret Life with Lisa and Chris Good. To submit your questions, sign up for our free cyber alert emails, or for information on today's show, please go to yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Your Kid's Secret Life.